In this episode, I talk about new music from Metric, Wilco, and Boy Genius, and I also talk about the newest book by Paul Auster. All that and whatever else I say. As always, I'm your host, Derek Brink, and you are listening to Empty Checking. Checkmates, it's your old Uncle Derek coming to you from St. Louis, Missouri, where I uh, usually come to you from. In fact, I think it's the only place I've ever come to you from. I don't think I've ever recorded one on the road. That'd be fun sometime. But I also can't imagine a situation where I would be on the road doing the show. Frankly, I can't imagine a situation where I would be on the road at this point. I've got cats at home that need me to feed them and things. And, you know, want love. Uh, maybe if I dated somebody who could look after the cats, I could go on the road. But I would want them to be on the road, too. The person I'm dating, not the cats. The cats will stay inside forever if I can, except for trips to the vet. You know, I, you know, I, I, they, they don't need to travel. Um, although they might enjoy it. What the hell am I talking uh, uh, Hi, uh, I'm in St. Louis, and it's uh, unnecessarily hot here all week. It's 80 degrees all week. It's almost November, and it's 80 degrees in St. Louis. I bet that's not a sign of anything foreboding about nature. Uh, yeah, it's hot again for no reason at all other than it's hot. It's going to get cold again, or cool, I guess. It's going to get fall temperatures. Uh, that's not really cold, but, you know, cool come the weekend. So Saturday, when people have time to do things, it's going to cool down, and that kind of makes me happy a little bit. Um, but it's, yeah, it's hot. It's hot now, and I'm I'm upset because I love autumn, and it's almost November, and it should be cool outside. It should be fall weather. At this point, when it's, you know, Christmas, it's going to be 70 out, which has been happening lately. Haven't had a really cold Christmas for a while. It should, it should be cold on Christmas. It should be cold on Christmas. It should be cold on New Year's. It should be cold the entire month of February. We haven't been getting that lately because climate change is real. I didn't know that I was going to go on a climate change rant when this started, but that was, uh, there it was. Donate to something. Hope you're having a good week. Uh, I'm Mine's going by. <laughs> I, I'm not going to say how, but it's going by. Uh, I, I hope you're having a pretty good week. I've, uh, I've, I've had some odd challenges since we last talked. I got over the ear infection, at least I think. I, you know, I, it stopped. They, they usually only last a couple of days, and it stopped you know, hurting and stuff and didn't seem to turn into a cold or anything. So that's good. You know, I got over the ear infection, but, like, I also, like, I went to the grocery store. This is all just minor grievances. Like, <laughs> you don't have to worry about this. I went to the grocery store, and I bought some soups, because that was going to be cold. And I bought some soups, and uh, one of the soups I bought really let me down. <laughs> it was a, uh, it was a Progresso soup. I like the Progresso soup, people. 
Progresso, uh, in most other cases, if you're listening to this, I would be glad to uh, take money from you to say nice things about you, uh, but I'm not going to on this one. Uh, I bought, like, a gumbo that they put out there, and it, I was excited about it, because, like, on the can, it said, like, spicy, you know, soup, and, like, it was a gumbo. I was like, ooh, gumbo, that's interesting. I haven't had a Progresso gumbo before, and that says spicy on it. And I like spicy food, but I also know that, like, usually when you're buying a corporation's version of spicy, you're getting a corporation's version of spicy. Like, it's not going to be that spicy. It's going to have a little bit of a... Oh, yeah, I can taste the spice to that. Like, that's as much as you're normally going to get with something that... Yeah, a Progresso says is spicy. So I expected, you know, a, a reasonably good gumbo, because Progresso does good soups. I expected a reasonably good gumbo with a little bit of a kick to it, but not really hot. What I got... First of all, can't be classified as gumbo because it was entirely too liquidy. Uh, I, you know, come on. But I, what I got was basically just cayenne pepper water with some rice. That's what I got. It was a terrible soup. It's one of the worst soups I've ever had. And I've had some bad fucking soups. I'll tell you that right now. I've had some bad fucking soups. That should be the name of the episode. I've had some bad fucking soups. Uh, but I, you can't like put swear words in the uh, title lines on most apps. So we'll have to come up with something else. If uh, if I, you'll know that I stopped caring whether or not Spotify carries this show. If the name of this episode is "I've had some bad fucking soups," but uh, this was the worst. I, I I hated it. Like I had to put crackers in it just to be able to taste something other than cayenne pepper. And at that point, I was like, "Oh yeah, okay. There is rice in here. There's something that approximates chicken." I think you know, and like it was just not good. So I had some disappointing soup. That's that's not a great not a great thing in your week. I also I went to a Target, uh, which is often disappointing in a, in and of itself. I don't care if Target ever sponsors me. Uh, I uh, I went to a Target uh, and bought some undershirts because I needed undershirts, just plain white T-shirts that you know I can put other T-shirts on top. You know what an undershirt is. Why am I explaining this to you? But like I, I buy the T-shirt kind, not like the V-neck or the uh, the sleeveless A-shirt, you know, thing, uh, tank tops. I believe they're called. Uh, I, I yeah, I buy full-on T-shirts. Uh, so I bought those. I bought what I thought was the same pack that I always buy. You know, I just I was running low. They get old and torn up, and you kind of one day go, oh my god, I've got like three undershirts. So I went and bought new ones. And uh, apparently, I guess I bought the big and tall batch. I guess I bought the big and tall undershirts, because absolutely every one of them sticks out below the t-shirts that I'm wearing on top of them. And I wear an extra large shirt, because I like a little bit of room in my shirt. And, uh, and I'm reasonably, I'm not tall, but I'm not, I'm not short, like an extra large is about the right length for me. And, uh, all of my undershirts are sticking out underneath the extra large shirts that I'm wearing. So I think I got the big and tall kind. And so you're just going to see the, the, the tail of my undershirt sticking out under my normal shirt for like a while now. Why don't I just tuck it in? Why don't you shut up? That's my answer to that question. I don't like tucking in my undershirt. I find it's uncomfortable, and also I feel like it makes me look fat, which it doesn't, but I feel like it does. And you gotta you gotta trust your heart. You gotta go with your gut. So that's kind of the week that I've been having. 
Although this weekend was okay. This weekend I treated myself. I went down to our uh, lovely Delmar Loop here in St. Louis because my brother went with his family on a day that I wouldn't have been available to go, and I got jealous and mad. So I went, uh, <laughs> I went by myself down to the Loop uh, this past weekend and uh, did many of the same things they did, although they played miniature golf, which I don't know where the miniature golf is there, but I didn't, I didn't play that. It's, it's, it might be the saddest thing in the world to play miniature golf alone. That might be the saddest thing you can do in life. Sorry if someone out there loves doing that, but, like, I can't... I just can't imagine that being a good time. <laughs> and so, like, I'm never going to do that, but they, they did that, but I, uh, I did not. I did some other things that they did. One of the things that I did was I went into uh, Blueberry Hill, which is a wonderful bar-slash-restaurant-slash-concert venue here in St. Louis that I really like. And I ordered their cheeseburger, which I absolutely love. I love the Blueberry Hill cheeseburger. And it was just as good as it always is. It made me happier. It made me less healthier. Uh, and it, uh, it kind of made up for the bad soup earlier in the week. So I, I ended up having a good weekend. I also went to Vintage Vinyl and also went to Subterranean Books, and we're going to talk about some of the stuff that I picked up on that venture here later in the show. This show is informed by my trip to the Loop this week, basically, and by some bad fucking soup. Uh, that's, uh, that's, that's what this show is. It's The Loop and Bad Soup. There's a title for you, The Loop and Bad Soup. That's probably what it's going to be because I'm a coward. Uh, but I, I, yeah, I had fun... Uh, going to Blueberry... Uh, like, I like going to Blueberry Hill sometimes just by myself and just sitting there with a burger and a beer and just kind of taking my time and looking over the things that I just bought and just sort of... I, I there, There's something nice about that. I was in my 30s before I realized I could go into a restaurant alone and, like, that's not sad. Uh, like, I was in my 30s when I realized, oh, I can just go in and have a meal by myself and have... A relatively pleasant time, and I can maybe have a notebook with me and write things down and get, get my thoughts in order, I, or I can do something on my phone, or I can, if I bought something at Vintage Vinyl or Subterranean Books, I can look through that, and, you know, I, I, I was in my 30s before I realized that, and I, once you kind of realize that you can have a meal alone, the world opens up to you, and it's a wonderful place, so I, I had a good time this weekend doing that. And hey, if you want to have a good time and like this show, there are some ways you can do that that are related to this show. The show has a companion blog over at emptychecking.blogspot.com. The show itself is hosted at emptychecking.podbean.com. It's on all of the apps that you could want it to be on, and if it's not on the one that you want it on, please let me know and I'll get it there. If you want to know more about me, you can go on over to DerekBrink.com, and there's lots of stuff to click on there, mostly about my music career. Speaking of which, if you like the music that you hear throughout the show, you can download it all for absolutely free over at DerekBrink.Bandcamp.com. You just enter your purchase price as zero or more if you're feeling generous, and you can have it. I don't collect your email address. I won't even know that you took it. I would just love it if you loved it. And if you want to talk to me, if you want to email me, I guess I should say, because I'm not going to talk to like any of you unless I know you. Uh, but if you want to email me your thoughts, questions, opinions, etc., you can do so over at db, those are my initials, db at derekbrink.com, and I will reply to everybody who is not mean to me in their email. I think we got a good show for you. I got some stuff that I'm 
excited about talking about. I'm, I'm looking forward to talking to you about the book that I bought this weekend and have already read a lot of. I'm excited to talk to you about the music that I bought this weekend that I have already listened to all of more than once because I, I didn't buy anything that sucked. Uh, and I'm, I'm looking forward to talking to you about whatever else comes to mind. Things going to be a good one. And if it's not, then, you know, fucking email me. What do you want me to do about it? Do a better show? I, don't, I think we both know that that's not going to happen. What am I doing? Uh, thank you for still listening. Please continue to do so. Here's music. Checkmates, we have some music to dive into. I bought a few things over the weekend, and I've, I've listened to them all more than once. I think you should give everything three listens before you really make an opinion on it. And uh, I've given each of them at least three, so I have opinions. And uh, I, I will say, even on with like the three-listen rule, sometimes your opinion of an album shifts as you keep listening to it. You love it more, you love it less, you... Get done with those three listens and then never pick it up again. So that's always possible. Generally on this show, you're getting pretty close to my gut reaction. You're getting, like, sometimes I don't even make it the three. I just kind of come out and like, all right, I bought this and here's my immediate thought on it, you know? So uh, I would say, especially with the new music that I pick up, that I do, I talk about on the show, especially with the new stuff, like, check back at the end of the year and see if it made my top 10 list or if I talk about it again, because there's always a top 10 episode. I have a feeling this year there'll be a Fab 15 episode. But uh, I, I I always, like, will circle back to something, and it's it's sometimes interesting to me to kind of listen back. Not that I listen to, the, to my own show that much, but sometimes I'll listen back or I'll look back and go, yeah, I really felt different about that when it came out. You know, and by the end of the year, I felt completely different about, you know... But these three, I think, have got a pretty fair take on, you know, and uh, they're the new ones by Metric, uh, Boy Genius, and Wilco. That's what we're talking about. Uh, and we're going to do it in uh, an order that is disappointing to Boy Genius fans, because we're doing that last. We're going to go <laughs> in, the, uh, in the order that I think will frustrate listeners the most. Uh, let's talk about Metric first. Metric is a band that I've liked for a very long time. I got in on the Live It Out album because I saw them perform a song on Conan O'Brien and went, oh, I don't, I've heard of that band, but I hadn't heard them before right now, and I really liked that song, so I'm going to pick up the album. And then I picked up the album, and it was nothing like the single, you know? And, <laughs> and it was just one of those things where, well, I like that song, but, you know. And so then Foolishly, underlined Foolishly, because I eventually fell in love with Metric the way that you're supposed to, uh, I, uh, I was just kind of away from Metric for a little while. Just didn't listen to them, didn't think about them that much, and so on. And I went through kind of a rough time period in my life. We won't get into what happened, but I went through a rough time period. And I was uh, on the Delmar Loop. I was, I was in Vintage Vinyl, where I bought the album that we're about to talk about. And some music came on the stereo there. 
and it was the then-new Metric album Synthetica. And just the opening notes of that album, I immediately went, oh, this is Metric, but I don't know the song. Of course I didn't, it was new. And the first lyrics to that album are, I'm just as fucked up as they say, and I went, got it, (laughs) I'm dialed in. And uh, it just, that album just grabbed my heart immediately and just pulled me in. And I, you know, looked at their now playing shelf and it was the new Metric album and I went and I grabbed the new Metric album and I bought it that night and it became one of my favorite albums of the year that year. And since then I've been just head over heels with Metric. Love them. Everything they've done. I mean, it's not always on my top 10, but it's always in circulation like I, I keep coming back to metric cool keyboard driven stuff that's still rock music and you know uh lou reed showed up on the synthetic album and did a background vocal track you know which uh emily haynes the sort of lead person of metric said that in the studio she had a great moment where they were having the beatles or stones conversation that's a common musician thing. That's a common music nerd thing. Do you prefer the Beatles or the Stones? Has been since the 60s. And so Lou was asking the question, and he said, Beatles or Stones? And Emily, in a feat of brilliance, said, uh, trick question, Velvet Underground. And the very good, you know. Uh, and that has since been my answer to Beatles or Stones. I've said, trick question, Velvet Underground. My brother says, trick question, The Who, which is a Probably more accurate answer for me too, but Velvet Underground was at least kind of contemporary with those with those other acts, and you know, uh, yeah. I, sorry, uh, that was a side story, but I, I love Metric and I love what they do and kind of who they are. And their new album is called Formentera Two. I think I'm pronouncing that correctly. I apologize if not. I know it's a reference to a beach in California, but. Newsflash to everybody who doesn't live in California. Uh, actually, that's not correct. Newsflash to everybody who does live in California or has lived in California or went on vacation in California and decided that, oh, California is so great. I just, I, I love it. There's no place like it. Uh, nobody else gives a shit about California. I don't fucking care about California. I don't want to know the names of the beaches there. It doesn't matter. I don't care about California. I'm a liberal, and even I think California is actively making things worse. That's how I feel about California. That's how most of America and most of the world feels about California. So this one's called Formentera 2. It's the follow-up to last year's album, Formentera. Which could be Formentera. I don't know. They, I know they say the word on the previous album, but uh, I don't. I, again, I don't care about California, so I didn't pay enough attention to how to say it. Uh, the the album last year was fine. I liked it. Perfectly good metric album. Liked Doom Scroller a lot, but uh, even though that song in and of itself was a little bit too long, uh, but I felt like that album never quite got there. It was good, but never quite got there. The follow-up, I want to say in advance, I normally don't like when bands do a part two album. Do, you know, that like they had an album out, and then they decided this album is a continuation of that album, and they do part two. I can't think of one that I've really liked. Because it, it always either, like, I loved the first one, and the first one is, you know, imprinted on my heart, and I, I love it, love it, love it, and the part two couldn't possibly live up to it, so it's disappointing. Or I hated part one, and so I go into part two with the wrong mindset, 
and it doesn't work for me at all, and, like, I hate it even though it's not the same. Uh, like, <laughs> I've had a lot of bad experiences with Part 2s. Uh, there is actually one exception, but it's an Alice Cooper record, and I've decided to no longer support Alice Cooper in the wake of his transphobic comments. Uh, you have heard me talk about that on the show before. That one's a heartbreaker for me, but I did like a continued album that he did. But uh, Metrics Formatera 2 breaks with that rule. I like this one better than the first one. I, I, it feels a lot more kind of up, a lot more kind of bright and, and sort of crisp sounding. And so it, it's, it feels a little bit more like a metric album and a little bit less kind of like metric trying something different. It feels like them returning to themselves and it's really good. I like it a lot. If you're a metric person and you are in the store and you have both in your hand and are wondering which one you should pick up, start with the second one. It's a, the, 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 uh, the, the Star Wars rule. Start with the second one. <laughs> the second one's better than the first one. Uh, although, actually, with Empire, I think you probably need to have seen New Hope for Empire to make any sense. But you know what I mean. Uh, it's, it's the uh, Godfather rule. The second one's the best one. Uh, Etc. Other examples from movies, mostly. Not so much from music. Because, as I covered, typically don't like part two of music album things. But I like this one. Formentera 2 uh, just kind of caught me in the right way. Who knows? Maybe just when I was trying hard with the first one, I just didn't, I just wasn't in the mood, you know? And maybe now I am, and it just kind of grabbed me. But it just, it seems a lot more like them, and it seems a lot more kind of upbeat and kind of, I, I don't want to say happy, because I haven't analyzed the lyrics fully, and they tend to get a little bit gloomy. But uh, it, it does seem happier sounding in most places. But yeah, this, this was a good one. Formentera 2. I don't know if it'll make my top 10 or Fab 15 or whatever, but I, I really liked the album, and I was, I was glad to hear... I was, I was pleasantly surprised. I popped it in thinking, ah, it's a part two. It's probably going to be... It's going to feel like leftover tracks that aren't as good as the first one. That's why they weren't on it. That's how I feel about part two albums. They feel like it's going to be leftover tracks that weren't good enough to make the original. And I popped it in with that in mind and went, oh, this is really good. <laughs> like, I think they just named it that because they didn't have another name. I, I don't know. I didn't read up on that. But I, uh, I really enjoyed it. Really enjoyed it. I also enjoyed, although to a lesser extent, the new album by Wilco. The new album by Wilco is called Cousin. Follow-up to last year's uh, Country something. Country album? Country store? Country uh, something? Country... What was it? Country music? It wasn't just country music. That can't be the name of it. Country Jamboree. Cruel Country? Was it Cruel Country? It was, it was Cruel Country. Sorry that took me so long. It's been kind of a day. Uh, Cruel Country I really liked. I talked about that a lot at the time. I think it actually got its official like physical release earlier this year. They, for some reason, had trouble making that happen, and then they put out Cousin with almost no announcement. So I don't know... I don't know what happened in the Wilco manufacturing world, but Cousin came out fairly hot on the heels of Cruel Country in physical form anyway. And where uh, Cruel Country reminded me of what I really love about Wilco, when they kind of just embrace the fact that they are an alt-country band and don't try to run from it, uh, whereas Cruel Country made me fall back in love with that, Wilco's Cousin makes me kind of 
realize that they also do stuff that makes me go, huh. Uh, <laughs> and not in a bad way. Not in a bad way. Don't misread that. Uh, it's 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 a weird follow-up to the last one. Because this is one of those Wilco albums where Jeff Tweedy just kind of sees what noises he can make with his equipment and tries to structure songs around that, kind of. That's, uh, that's sort of the vibe of the album. At least the early parts of it. Which is not... A problem. I'm not saying that that's bad. They've done that for years and years, and I've loved Wilco for years and years, and I actually really like to see Wilco again. I haven't seen them since Farm Aid in, wow, 2009. Uh, but I'd, you know, I'd like to see them again. But they, they've, they've had that element for a long time, and this is feeding into that. It's okay. It's just weird, you know, <laughs> when, when they do that. You know, and, and that way Tweety has always struck me as a guy who either can't play fast enough or or maybe just isn't quite pretentious enough or, or can't play heavy enough to be in the progressive rock band that he secretly wants to be in, which is probably why I like him, because I've kind of got that too. And, <laughs> you know, so it's, it's, it's that version of Wilco, the kind of, oh, they're doing weird stuff again, you know? That's not to say that it's bad. You just need to know that that's the version that you're getting, because the last one was the stripped-down, kind of countryfied Wilco, and this isn't that, you know? Which threw me at first, but once I kind of got used to it and gave it the additional listens, that's important, I kind of realized, wow, there are some really, really strong songs on here. I especially like Soldier Child, which is toward the end of the record. Uh, but uh, ten songs, you know, all written by Tweety and performed by Wilco, it really feels like it could have been a Tweety solo album, but I, you know, I I don't know what the defining line is for him on that, but it feels like it could have been a solo album, but it ended up being a Wilco album. And uh, so much the better, because I chase after the Wilco albums, I don't so much chase after his solo stuff. So I'm glad I picked this up. Cousin is one of those albums that, for Wilco, you're going to put on and you're you're going to kind of you're going to want to kind of lose yourself in it rather than just you know experience it i guess you're going to want to you're go, you're going to want to like listen to it on a drive where you don't have a lot to think about and you're just kind of going and that'll be perfect you know you don't want to put it on where you're like i need something to you know get my energy up and i want to tap my foot and sing along that's not this album this is an album that asks you to look deeper into it and I like that kind of album, and Cousin is a very welcome uh, addition to my Wilco collection. I'll be honest with you, I almost didn't pick it up. It was almost going to be something I was just going to toss on my Christmas list, because I need stuff on my Christmas list for the family, you know? But uh, I just, uh, Impulse, I was walking around, they didn't have something else that I was looking for in Vintage. I don't even remember what anymore, but they didn't have something else I was looking for, and that was sitting there, and I thought, yeah, I'll try the new Wilco album. And I'm glad I did, because I really like it. Okay, Boy Genius fans, I made you wait, so now we're there. Now we're going to talk about the Boy Genius albums. Uh, I'm uh, late coming to Boy Genius. Boy Genius is a supergroup made up of uh, Phoebe Bridgers and uh, two other women that I don't know the names of. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. I, I don't mean that, it, that to be insulting to anybody. I'm familiar with Phoebe Bridgers and only Phoebe Bridgers of the three of them, but I'm aware that they're a supergroup. Uh, the other two just apparently haven't entered 
my consciousness yet, which is not on them. It's not even necessarily on their promotional material or anything like that. I just, you know, I'm mainly a, a three-chord rock guy. You know, I don't listen to a lot of women's country so songs, which I think all of them are. It, or, you know, I was about to say I also don't listen to a lot of women's indie rock, but that's not true. I listen to a lot of women's indie rock. Uh, but I missed, I missed two of the women in this band, but I'm familiar with Phoebe Bridgers. And even then, only kind of. I'm not really a Phoebe Bridgers fan, which I don't, I don't mean that the way that you might hear it. I'm not saying that she's bad or anything like that, or that I don't like her. I'm saying that I'm aware of who she is, and I heard the two songs that she did on SNL the time that she smashed the guitar, uh, that everybody got mad about. That, that that's my experience with Phoebe Bridgers. It's not for lack of wanting to. It's just it hasn't like a lot of her stuff just hasn't entered my radar, which is fine. Uh, but I know who she is. On Boy Genius, I'm only a few months late because the album came out in March and their uh, EP that was the follow up to the album came out fairly recently, a few weeks ago, maybe a maybe a month, maybe two ago. Uh, but their their album called the record is uh, is out and has been out for a while and most of you are already familiar with it and I'm I know I'm late to the party I understand uh, it's different than what I thought it was gonna be um, I don't although I don't really know what I thought it was gonna be I guess I've seen like pictures of them live and I thought oh guitar driven rock is kind of what it's gonna be but probably with a little bit of a country tw twist to it uh, which it is. But I guess I just expected more upbeat songs. Uh, they, very intentionally, Boy Genius, a lot of their marketing looks like straight-edge punk rock, and I knew that that was a joke and that they're, they weren't really like that. But I did expect something a little bit more upbeat, a little bit more, I don't want to say aggressive, but a little bit more like rock-driven, even though I knew it was going to be a, a step back from that a little bit, I guess, in genre. But, uh, uh, yeah, so I was surprised that it's, it's a very kind of chill listen for a lot of the album. Uh, but that's fine. I mean, I'm not mad about that. Uh, Boy Genius, I mean, perfectly good sound, perfectly good, you know, songs. I've, I've enjoyed the listen every time I've listened to it. I have some questions. Uh, the most pressing one, and this... I'm not mad about this. I just want to know... Do you actually know anything about Leonard Cohen? Uh, you got a song in there called Leonard Cohen, uh, where you quote Leonard Cohen. Uh, the, 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 there's a crack in everything, that's how the light gets in. And then you say, but you're not an old man. Uh, I, I may be paraphrasing this slightly. You're not an old man having a midlife crisis in a, Buddhist, uh, in a Zen Buddhist monastery uh, writing horny uh, poetry. And, like, that's a severe misrepresentation and oversimplification of who Leonard Cohen was and what he did. Uh, uh, that song made me mad. That specific song made me mad. And maybe it was meant respectfully. I'm a big Leonard Cohen fan. It upset me a little. Uh, but otherwise, I like the album quite a bit. Um, if you are unfamiliar with, with Boy Genius, by the way, again, super group. I apologize for not having the name of the other two uh, ladies in the band in front of me. I know Phoebe Bridgers, but uh, they uh, are called Boy Genius because they were 
like when they were working on stuff, they were sort of commiserating over how many men they've known who have just been told they were a genius their whole life and everything they say is brilliant. And so, like, when one of them would start a sentence with, uh, I, I don't know, this might be a bad idea, you know, you might hate it, you know, whatever, the others would rush in and say, no, 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 be the boy genius. Everything that you say is worth saying. Just spit it out. And uh, so they named their band that. Which is kind of a weird thing to name your band after, like the thing that you don't like. That'd be like if I named my band uh, Pantera Fan, who used to sit next to me in choir sometimes. Uh, that, uh, uh, I, I, I get it. I get it. I've worked with those guys. Those guys are all over the music industry, and they're all over offices, too. I don't like them either. But, like, I wouldn't want to name my band after them. But I get it. You know, and, you know, it's it just, that's, that's sort of the origin of the name, uh, for those of you who didn't know. So, yeah, they put out the record, and then they put out an EP that's a four-song EP called The Rest, which, when you're a supergroup, I understand they all have their individual careers that are probably more important to them that they have to return back to and everything, but when you put out an album called The Record, and then your EP is called The Rest, I assume it's also The End. You know what I mean? Uh, and, like, even Damn Yankees did two albums. You know, like, give us a second one. Uh, although, who knows if we'll... Who knows if we'll ever get, like, another High Women album. Uh, that's actually not a bad comparison. The, uh, the, the Boy Genius, I, who was just... boy, There's no article. Boy Genius is a little bit like uh, the High Women, which Amanda Shires founded, uh, except way more successful and popular. Uh, they're they're kind of doing the same thing. Uh, I guess I guess if I had to pick, I, I like the way the high women did it slightly better. Although that's also kind of a bad name because it doesn't... Like, it, it's after the highwaymen, which was Johnny Cash and Waylon Jennings and Chris Christopherson and Willie Nelson. They were the highwaymen, and... The High Women is a play on that, and they even do a version of the Highwaymen song that is High Women. Uh, but it, the, it just sounds like you're women who are high. That's all it sounds like, which I, I don't know. Maybe a, an apt description, but it, it, it not the best name. The, uh, the kind of country and southern rock supergroups often don't have the best names. Huh. That's no, okay. Uh, I feel like it sounds like I don't like this, and that's not at all what I mean. I, I, I really do like it. Just some of the marketing confuses me a little. <laughs> like, And the thing that I was saying that got me off on this sidetrack was when you've got an album out that's called The Record, and then the EP is called The Rest, I think it's The End, you know? And I also resent a little bit that on the EP that's only four songs long, I paid $2 less than what I paid for an album that is 12 songs long. You know, it feels like, all right, I, I shouldn't be paying $14 for four songs. You need to cut that down to, like, eight, you know? But that's not their decision, but that is sort of what happened. And I sort of didn't realize that until I was out of the record shop and kind of went, that felt like it cost a little bit more than it should have. And then I looked in the bag, and there was a fourteen ninety nine sticker on the four song EP. I was like, "Well, that's stupid." And so, <laughs> so like I said, I don't dislike anything that I heard from Boy Genius. I just have questions. Uh, the most pressing one being the Leonard Cohen one. Uh, 
But I'll tell you this, it's a really good lesson. The three of them together are write some really beautiful songs, really good songwriting, really strong songwriting. Makes me want to examine the three of their solo careers a little bit more closely. Probably start with Phoebe Bridgers, because I know who she is, and I can remember her name when I'm looking around for stuff. At some point, I'll, I'll learn the names of the other two. Sorry, Boy Genius fans. I, I, I feel like this segment is coming off so much more negative than I mean for it to. I'm having fun saying this stuff, but I feel like it, it's... Like, I feel like I'm like the guy that they named the band after right now, and that's not what I want to be. Uh, and that's not what I'm even intending to be, but I just... I, I have a weird energy tonight as I'm recording this on a too hot day in St. Louis at the end of October. Uh, I, 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 I really do like the album. I actually, I, you know what? I think I like the four song EP a little bit more than I like the album, honestly. Like they were the songs that sort of, I guess, didn't fit with the rest of the album, but I, I think I like them the best. I, they're a little bit, a little bit oddball, a little bit sparse, a little bit, you know, kind of, there's a mystery to them that I, I really enjoy on the, the rest, the EP, the rest. Uh, but the, the album or the record, I guess is what it's called 12 songs and none of them's bad. The first one is just kind of a throwaway, you know, acapella piece that is clearly just to get you into the album. Uh, but the, you know, fine, whatever. But the, in general, the songs on the album, I think are really, really strong, really, really fun. Uh, really, sort of introspective in places and make you think a little bit and make you, you know, want to read the lyric sheet. Like, that's that's something I really appreciate, is when a band writes a song in a way that makes me want to pick up the lyric sheet and look at it and go, okay, what what is that about? What am I supposed to be taking away from it? Like, what, you know? And they do that. Boy Genius does that. And kudos for that, because that's hard to do. It's hard to get people to care about lyrics these days. And they definitely pulled that off. And that may be the highest compliment that I can pay them. Because so many people just don't care about lyrics. And they write lyrics that make me want to read the lyric sheet. So that's, maybe that's the, maybe that's the way I can turn around this very negative sounding review of something that I liked. I don't know what's happening. I, I, I want to dive deeper into what the band has to say. I want to dive deeper into their solo careers which I think is as much as you can possibly ask out of a supergroup. And well done, Boy Genius. You pulled it off. Pulled it off in a way that a lot of supergroups just don't. Because a lot of supergroups, even if I like the supergroup, that doesn't necessarily mean... It, uh, it doesn't necessarily mean I'm going to listen to The Highwaymen and get really into Chris Christopherson, you know? Uh, although, if you listen to The Highwaymen and don't get really into Johnny Cash and, and Willie Nelson, I don't know what's wrong with you. And everybody should love Waylon. And everybody should love Chris Christopherson. Okay, bad example. Uh, doesn't mean I'm going to listen to Damn Yankees and go, what else has Michael Cardelloni played on? Uh, because no one knows what else Michael Cardelloni has played on. I, 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 session guy, I think? Somewhere out there, there's a Michael Cardelloni fan who is pissed off at me right now. That's okay. DB at DerekBrink.com. You can tell me what he's done that I should be listening to. He's probably on stuff that I have and I don't know it. But, you know, that's the thing. I, I, so many supergroups make me not want to go any deeper. But Boy Genius 
pulled it off. They made me want to go deeper with their music and with their solo careers. I'm going to stop talking about it now because I feel like I'm <laughs> backpedaling on a thing that I don't need to because I keep saying I like it, and I hope that you believe that. That's that's where we're going to leave it. <laughs> I, I like it, and I hope you believe that. Boy Genius, Metric, and Welco. Three albums that uh, kind of don't fit together <laughs> very well at all and feel very different and even from other stuff by the individual bands. But I enjoyed the listen on all three. Coming out of a fun weekend where I just treated myself, I treated myself to some really good albums alongside of a really good burger. How can you do any better than that? I'll tell you how. You can also treat yourself to a good book, and that's what we're going to talk about next. some kind of bug in here that is flying around that I don't know if it's a fly or a mosquito or what it is but it keeps bothering me and I don't know what to do about that because every time I kind of see it or it kind of like lands on me or whatever I lose it immediately like I just I lose track of it immediately I don't like lose it I lose track of the bug immediately and I'm mad now Better not be bothering my cats. And in fact, cats, if you uh, you're both asleep on the couch, aren't you such precious little fur balls? Look at you just asleep over there. Oh, if you guys wake up and kill this bug, I'll be really happy. But uh, they are adorable. You guys should see this. This is just for me. I'm not putting a picture of this on the blog. But they're just they're cuddled up to each other on a blanket, and they look so cute. My Jonko and my McGuire. I bought a book. One of the things that I did while I was on the loop is I went into Subterranean Books. It's a great local bookshop that we have here that I don't spend enough time in. I kind of realized I don't have a bookshop really close to me. My Barnes & Noble closed in like 2014 or something that was in town. And I don't have a close bookshop. Like if I want to go to a Barnes & Noble or what have you, I have to drive 15 minutes, 20 minutes, a half hour, whatever it is, to go to a Barnes & Noble. Like, I have to do that anyway, and I always go to a Barnes & Noble. When, like, I'm on the loop semi-regularly, and Subterranean Books is right there, and for some reason, it just doesn't occur to me to walk in there very often. And, like, why don't I just go to the loop when I want to go to a Barnes & Noble? I'll tell you why, because Subterranean Books doesn't also carry Criterion Collection DVDs. But, uh, I, otherwise, you know, if I want a book, that's where I should start looking. And then, like, if they don't have it, all I have to do is get back on the same highway and go to the Barnes & Noble that's, you know, down the road at the next exit. Subterranean Books. Here in University City, St. Louis. I'll give you the address. They're at uh, 6271 Delmar. Here in, in St. Louis. Check them out. They've got a website and everything. Uh, the website is subbooks.com. Spelled the way that you think it would be. And uh, uh, they're great. They're a great shop. Run by great people who are very helpful and bright and friendly. And I was in there, 
and looking around, and I didn't know what I was looking for. I was idly looking for, like, some short stories or stuff like that, or maybe maybe some additional Halloween reading, because I mentioned I've, I've been looking for Halloween reading. And instead, I picked up something that is far, far away from any of that. I picked up the newest book by Paul Auster. Paul Auster is an, is an author that I've talked about on this show in the past. I think it's been a couple of years, but I've talked about him in the past. Uh, the full novel of his that I had read previously is a book called 4321, which is incredibly long and an incredibly difficult read, and it was the first thing of his I'd ever read because Jason Isbell told me I should in, in a tweet. Uh, so I, I read that and I enjoyed it, but it was it was a labor of love. It was hard to get to the end of it because it's very long. It's uh, something like uh, it's something like 850 pages long. Maybe even nine, it may be borderline nine, uh, but it, uh, you know, which I, I'm an avid reader, and I read fairly fast, but I, I usually read books that are more like in the 300 page range, especially novels. Usually read a shorter novel. Uh, so that was, uh, that was a lot, and, uh, <laughs> but I really enjoyed it, and it made me read some of his short stories and stuff like that, so... So just idly looking for something else, I stumbled into his new novel, which is called uh, Baumgartner. Baumgartner. B-A-U-M-G-A-R-T-N-E-R. Baumgartner. That's the last name of the main character of the book. It's one of those books where it's uh, named after the guy that it's about. Uh, it's, a, it's a novel. It is, uh, in brief, it's a story about a, uh, a phenomenologist, an older gentleman who is a, what, more or less philosophy professor, but he's he's interested in phenomenon and why they happen and what all that means, and that's sort of his, his research and his study. And uh, it's just an exploration of his life as he's getting older and uh, dealing with the death of his wife some 10 years previous. It's still, you know, kind of dealing with that, which... It's an interesting look at loss. It's an interesting look at uh, just kind of slice of life stuff for a, an aging scholarly gentleman, which just kind of jumped out at me. I, I, yeah, I mean, I saw Paul Auster's name on the book jacket and picked it up and went, oh, Paul Auster's got a new one. That's interesting. And I read the inside flap and went, oh, I'm, I'm going to love this book. And uh, I, while I was sitting in Blueberry Hill waiting for my uh, cheeseburger to arrive, I read the first few pages and went, oh, I'm really going to love this book, you know, because I'd already bought it just based on reputation of the author and, you know, having read The Dust Jacket, you know. But I read the first couple pages and went, oh, I'm really going to love this. This is good. And I dove in and I'm already, I bought it on uh, uh, Sunday and it is now uh, Tuesday and I'm already more than halfway through it. It's a much shorter book than 4321 is. It's uh, only only about 200 pages, I think. So, you know, that's nothing compared to other Paul Auster works that I've read. But it, it just, it appealed to me, just the idea of the story of an older scholarly person just sort of dealing with life. That just sort of, I, I just sort of liked the idea of it. And, uh, uh, cause this guy, I mean, it, it, it doesn't quite, say it this way, but it's, it's just kind of, it's clearly the story of a guy who's winding things down, you know? And that's always interesting. Just someone who's looking back on life and sort of providing a summary, you know? And, uh, it jumped out at me. It also like just appealed to me in a way that like, oh, it's, 
it's slice of life, but it's a different type of life than maybe you're used to because it's it's the life of an academic. It's you know, I'm a big Fraser guy, so that you know that kind of appealed to me. But reading it, it brought to mind two other books that I think are good ones to draw parallels to if you're in any way familiar with these other books, both of which I think I've talked about in previous episodes of the show, but, uh, I mean, years, 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 years ago, but uh, brought to mind for me the book Stoner by John Williams, which is a book that was written in 1960-something, and it didn't get, it wasn't particularly loved at the time. You know, like, people just kind of didn't, grab onto it. Uh, the author, John Williams, uh, not the uh, music guy, different John Williams, uh, he, you know, had other successes that were much bigger successes than was Stoner, but the the book got reprinted later in the early 2000s and sort of took on a, a second life and sort of got its due and became something and is regarded as one of the great sort of scholarly novels that sort of looks at a collegiate academic, but in in the framework of a novel. And it's become beloved, as it should have been at the time. Sadly, that happened after John Williams passed away. So he has no idea that one of his great failures is now one of his great successes. But the, the story of Stoner is very much an academic trying to sort out what his life is supposed to be. Uh, a younger ac- academic than is in uh, Paul Auster's book, but it, it just, the tone is kind of there. It's kind of that scholarly novel, and that, that like, the two just reminded me of each other, and that, that kind of jumped out at me. The other thing that it reminded me of is, you know, just has is a novel that was on every uh, everybody's coffee table book uh, a few years back. Uh, the, the author is Frederick Bachman. The book is A Man Called Uwe. Uh, or you might pronounce it Ove, if you O O V E. The uh, author is uh, uh, Swedish. He's from Sweden, and so it's I, I believe that would be pronounced Uve. Um, and that's the story of an older man who is going through some serious personal issues, and uh, is befriended by a young, soon-to-be mother, and the hijinks ensue, and it's fun. You know, and it's that's a little bit lighter, you know? And there are parts of Baumgartner that are very light, you know? So it, it sort of leans into that stoner uh, vibe of a more serious scholarly thing, but also has moments of lightness in that A Man Called Uwe way that Frederick Bachman has. A Man Called Uwe, by the way, is a wonderful, fairly quick read that, uh, because it was translated, there, some of it just doesn't translate very well. Like, there are a couple of jokes about, like, uh, his name rhymes with some other word that in English it absolutely doesn't rhyme with. You know, so, like, it kind of loses... Like, the translation could have done more to bridge that gap, but uh, but it is a delightful story. It got made into a movie with uh, Tom Hanks in it that was... Uh, although they didn't use Uwe as the name. I think it was Otto. I think they went with a man called Otto. I haven't seen it, but it, it if you want to, like, watch the movie, that's out there, too. Maybe I should watch that movie. Uh, I did enjoy the book back when everybody else was enjoying the book, too. And people are still buying it. It's still a... Frederick Bachman has become quite a literary force here in the last several years, and people still pick up copies of of A Man Called Uwe and enjoy it. But yeah, A Man Called Uwe meets Stoner kind of turned into Baumgartner, I think. 
I don't think willfully. I don't think Paul Auster read those two books and thought, well, I'm going to write the intersection of those. I think it just sort of like that was bound to happen. Someone was bound to do it. And Paul Auster is a wonderful literary voice. And he just stumbled into it and wrote a book that combines those two sensibilities in a marvelous way into something that's completely unique. And uh, I... Paul Auster is one of those guys that every time I'm not reading him, I feel like I should be reading him because he just writes wonderful prose and such such poetic sentences. Like he writes sentences that are sometimes an entire page long and it's one sentence and you just kind of have to follow the journey of it and, and the ebb and flow of just the individual sentence is really interesting and invigorating and draws you in. And for some people, that's probably very frustrating because it is, yeah, it feels like a run-on sentence. Although I don't think, even in his page-long sentences, I don't think I've ever caught an actual run-on. Like, I think it's always been a concise, actual, correct sentence. It's just really long. And that's, uh, he's just such an interesting writer. And he writes such interesting stories. 4321 was interesting. There's his New York trilogy short stories is the other one people kind of stock and that you can gravitate to. Uh, but Baumgartner deserves to stand on the shelf with the two of them, for sure, deserves to stand on the shelf with books like A Man Called Uwe, with books like Stoner, with books just that look into someone you know, later in life and what lessons are still being learned and are still able to be taught. And that uh, that kind of story is just always going to pe to appeal to me. Any story that looks at how short and precious and yet long and unending life can be, you know? Uh, Paul Auster is a master of that. And Baumgartner is a wonderful, wonderful novel. I highly recommend it. I've been enjoying it here for the last couple of days. I'm not done with it yet. He could still blow it in the end. <laughs> but uh, I've really, really enjoyed what I've read so far, and it put me in mind of other things that I've also really enjoyed. So there's your uh, Derek's book report for this week, I guess, is what this show's turning into. Uh, mostly I just didn't want to only talk about music, I think. But uh, I am really enjoying that book, and I'm just devouring it. I love it. And I'm, I'm going to get back to the spooky stuff here before Halloween. I'm going to finish that Neil Gaiman book and dive into those Joe Hill books and everything. I, I Again, I read pretty quick. I'm going to be done with this Paul Auster book probably tomorrow or the next day, and then I'll dive back into that stuff before Halloween gets here. But, uh... I'm really enjoying stepping outside of that stuff and into just sort of a different headspace as a palate cleanser, you know? And maybe you will too. Paul Auster, Baumgartner, highly recommended. Getting right to the fact there's a problem with the third act Too many people are firing a gun There's something funny with the makeup And I think we have a show. Thanks so much for being here with me this week. Uh, my cats are still curled up in the cutest little damn ball of fluff you've ever seen in your life, and you're never going to see it because I'm not posting a picture of that. That's just for me. Those boys are cuddled up just just sweet as the sweetest thing you can imagine. Oh, look at those furry little guys. Love those guys. 
I am uh, sleepy because I had a very long day today, and I'm going to have a very long day tomorrow, and the day after that, and however many days it is until we're into the weekend. And then I'm going to have a long weekend. Uh, <laughs> that's just kind of how things are right now. Um, but uh, I, I could use a nap. That uh, little bug that has been flying around is still flying around, and I can't seem to land my eyes on it long enough to catch it and kill it. By the way, I kill bugs in this house. They do not get put in a under a glass and let out outside and to, to, to be free and to keep pissing me off. Nah, bugs die in this house. Pretty sure the, the cats killed a spider earlier, actually. They were chasing around something on the uh, landing here in the house on the staircase. And then they stopped. <laughs> so I think they got it, whatever it was. Good boys, so I wish we'd get this flying thing. Uh, okay. I, I think we're good. <laughs> I don't have anything else to say, I don't think, going going out of this thing. Uh, looking forward to some stuff still to come out this year and looking forward to reporting on that and all that. And we're, we're heading into Halloween. I'll be watching my Rocky Horror and my Clue and, and all the other stuff that I tend to watch on Halloween. Ed Wood usually sleep, sneaks in there. Lately, Knives Out has been sneaking in there, too. Might watch Glass Onion again. We'll, we'll get into that stuff. I don't think I'm going to do an episode about that, but that's, that's kind of my Halloween plans. And then we'll be heading toward Thanksgiving, and then we'll be heading toward Christmas, and then we'll be heading toward New Year's, and then we'll be into February. Uh, <laughs> some of you will be excited about Valentine's Day, although really, must you? Uh, I, I never am. But I also don't date a lot. So <laughs> there's there's that too, but we'll be uh it'll be the depths of winter before we know it, and I'll be particularly happy because I've got really cool coats. But uh, until then, checkmates, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for making me a part of your week, and uh, other things as well. Please remember to do whatever keeps you happy, healthy, and safe. Please remember that Black Lives Matter. That LGBTQIA plus rights are human rights, that women's rights are human rights, and I shouldn't have to tell you any of that. And checkmates, please be good to each other, be good to yourselves, forgive each other, and forgive yourselves. And while you're doing all that, check us out next time. I really do like the Boy Genius record. 